A couple months ago, I had the privilege to preach in the city of New York. And when I finished the sermon, a little fellow, a little kid came over and told me, Pastor Lozano, thank you for your sermon. It was wonderful. And I keep looking right back to him and I say, and what was the part of the sermon that you really like? He said, Pastor, the best part of your sermon was that you finished by 12 and I'm so hungry. Thank you for your sermon. It was wonderful. And I learned that Sabbath that when you preach in America, you must finish by 12. And I'm going to tell you something right now. This little pastor that you have here in front of you live and work in communist countries. And back there, we don't care about that 12 noon thing that you guys in America have developed. On any given Saturday, we preach 10, 15, 12 times. We start at 5 o'clock in the morning, and we finish on Sunday morning around 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and people are hungry for the Word of God. So I was told, Pastor Lozano, when you get to Michigan, if you pass 12, you're going to get killed. That is not a surprise. That's something that we get every single week by doing ministry in communist countries. So I came prepared, and I talked to the few flight attendants that I've been traveling later on, and I said, can I get some of your stuff? So I brought pretzels from Southwest and cookies from American Airlines and stuff. If you're hungry, because I'm going to go beyond 12, you just come over, get some pretzels, and it's going to be fine, all right? It's going to be a long ride today. The Lord is the Lord of the whole Sabbath, so if you need to leave at 12, no worries, just, just be quiet, leave. Some of you have this crazy idea of getting your cell phone to... It's going to be a concert of that stuff here, because I'm not finishing by 12 today. So God bless you. It's going to be a great Sabbath. We're happy to be here. I need to say thank you, and by the way, this is the time for the deacons to pass that blue thing and that plastic bag. I want to express my gratitude to Pastor Bernardo, some of you those who know that you guys have the privilege to have one of the best pastors that you could ever find in the North American Division. He was a pastor for my parents. And I believe that Pastor Bernardo's ministry is a very unique one. I'm going to ask you to pray for his wife. Uh, she started feeling better of that little incident that she went through. Pastor Bernardo, thank you so much for being so kind and let us come on a Sabbath. I've been told that you guys are on a big celebration that started last Saturday, and Tommy is going to be here next Saturday, and then you come into workers' meeting, an evangelistic meeting, and it's excited. Everybody knows about that. I just got stopped by a police trooper on my way to church this morning. I was told that Buttercup time was different from Chicago, so I was running late, so I put some speed. And this wonderful trooper, very nice fellow, stopped me and said, Where are you going to? I said, I'm preaching at the Tabernacle Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I'm running late. He said, all those vegetarian people. That's what he knows about Seventh-day Adventists, that we're vegetarian. Exactly. I say, I'm going to be preaching to those vegetarian people. So glad he let me continue without a ticket. So I hope the guy will make it to heaven so we could sit together back there and be able to survive. Some of you will say, Pastor Sano, what about this funny accent that you have? It's unique. It's terrible. Well, you better get used to that here, because when we get to heaven, most likely I'm going to be your next door neighbor. So get here. What happened here, my parents happened to be one of the very first uh, Seventh-day Adventist missionaries in the jungles of the Amazons between Brazil and Colombia. My dad was working on one of those medical boats. Some of you read the stories about that. 
So I was born there, and I grew up there, and I've been all over with my parents for almost 27 countries. And I'm so glad that I was able to land in Loma Linda, California, where CPL Ministries have the headquarters, and the only thing that we do is evangelism in communist countries. So I was called this weekend to share stories about what it's like, and I made my mind to wear a Vietnamese uniform, the one that I will be using next Saturday as we go back to Ho Chi Minh City and spend the next couple of weeks there. We're going to go to a PowerPoint presentation because I made a decision to bring some pictures, but I thought I would see pictures out there. He's not going to be able to see that there, so I have to look here, am I right? Because I want to see how we're going to work over. I was welcomed this morning by Elder Phillips. I believe he served in the communist country of Vietnam a couple of years ago. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Some of you remember this picture. Interesting. I was a little kid when these people came over to the palace. And you're going to go to the next picture and see that once you come to Washington, D.C., there is a very special place on the next slide that you will see there when people come. Every time I come to this place, my heart goes in gratitude to people like Elder Phillips and some of you here who has been able to serve in this communist country. I know the feeling, and if you go to the next picture, you will see something very unique. The communist country of Vietnam was closed to the Seventh-day Adventist message for 37 years. For 37 years, we were not allowed to come to church. For 37 years, we didn't know what it was like to complain about the pastor to complain about the church board and the church carpet because we have no church. And we're going to see over as we go into the next slides. Every time I'm going to do this, I will just make this sign here that over 37 years, we did a lot of crazy stuff. I remember looking like a pregnant woman carrying Bible studies on my belly to get into the communist country of Vietnam because it was illegal. But there was a Sabbath. And I'm going to go to the next picture, and you will see that. At the end of 2008, I'm sorry, 16, I believe. It's 2016. It's right there, 2005. After 37 years, the communist government was upset with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I remember getting into the border. In every communist country, you have what they call a minister of religion. And I was traveling with the president of the mission there. And then the, the guy says, sir, you're supposed to meet with the government tomorrow. I said, what is that for? He said, pastor, we're tired of all the underground stuff do by Seventh-day Adventist people. On the next day at the meeting, when I went over to the office of the minister of religion, he told me, Pastor Lozano, your Seventh-day Adventist is the worst. Why? A couple of months ago, there were three containers <clears throat> with 5,000 genes. But behind those genes, there was over 3,000 Bibles. You guys love to smuggle everything. And we're tired of this business. So we met with the government and we made a decision that instead of fighting the Seventh-day Adventist people, we're going to give you freedom of worship so you could go back again and meet in a change for that smuggling to stop. We got this piece of paper. I remember when we got this piece of paper that we were allowed to come to church for the first time after 37 years. Let me go to the next slide. 
you will see the blessing. We got this paper. And I told the president of the union who was coming from Australia, I said, Pastor, we're free. We could go to church next Sabbath after 37 years. Let me tell you what happened. We're going to go to the next picture there. And you will see that it's like having the tabernacle church for 37 years closed. And then you get a test message from Pastor Bernardo saying, Hey guys, the church is open again. We're meeting next Saturday. I remember going to the only Seventh-day Adventist pastor left. And I said, Pastor Trent, we're free. We could go to church next Saturday. What can we do? Can we have communion service? It's been 37 years that we don't know what it's like. And I say, what about the bread? And what about the wine and all that stuff? He said, Pastor Osano, forget it. Get a piece of bread. Get something. Let's go to church and celebrate. I'm going to share with you what was like to be at church on that first Sabbath. We're going to go to the next slides and then continue to the next one. And you're going to see what it was like. After 37 years, we were free. We could come to church. Some service. Two hours and a half. We sing like crazy. I wish they had the musicians at the church. I love music. Everybody here is professional. This morning, Sister Porter, what a wonderful song. On that first Sabbath, after 37 years of having no church, we sing for two hours and a half. And then I'm going to go to the next picture, and you will see that the time came for tithes and offerings. My home church in Loma Linda is the Asher Hill Church. Some of you know that place. We have over 3,000 members, and they have something very unique back there. If you become 65, you become a deacon of the church. It's kind of a reward program. Get there, get quick. You're 65, you're a deacon at church. And it's unique. When they take tithes and offerings, they take only 3 minutes and 45 seconds. All these guys have a lot of energy. I was in Vietnam. I was waiting for me to talk. And you know, we Americans, we have this crazy thing that everything has to be at 12, 12, 15, 12, 30. And the tithes and offerings were taking almost an hour. And I keep telling the lay pastor, because in communist countries, we don't have this luxury that you have here of getting pastors. We get lay people that are paid $20 a month. And in exchange for that, they give 190 Bible studies per month for $20. So I tell the lay pastor there, the lay worker, hey, what's going on? It's an hour. Why you don't guys finish tithes and offerings? Pastor Lozano, cool. An hour and 20 minutes, hey, what's wrong? Pastor Lozano, get this American thing that you brought from California. Hey, it's going to take time. But it's now an hour and a half, and they're taking tithes and offerings, and I don't know what's going on. I don't get the language right. And the lay worker that gets paid $20 a month takes me over to that little room in the back, and he says, come over. And when he takes me over, he, you're going to go to the next picture, he brings me this bill. He said, you see this, Pastor? It's been 28 years that this bill is no longer around in circulation. You see this coin? It's 33 years. And he said to me, Pastor Lozano, this is people that have been waiting for 37 years to return back to God what belongs to Him. And today, 
is that Sabbath. Leave us alone. Let us return back to the Lord what belongs to Him. And I learned that Sabbath that in communist countries you don't fight with the conference. You don't fight with the church president. You don't fight with the pastor. You're blessed that you're able to return back to God what belongs to Him after 37 years. So you may label me an old-fashioned pastor. I am. I believe that the tithes and offerings belongs to the church. And it's our work to support them. You're going to see on the next picture something very unique about being there. This is how we eat in communist countries. We're going to get the privilege that you have to go anywhere. We just get a little bit of a piece of booklet. And they tell you you could only take four pounds of sugar per month and three pounds of rice. But in spite of that, our people in communist countries, they return 40% of those $16 per month that they made. Because it's not about money. It's about what God is giving to us. Is that what the blessing is? We'll continue, and I need to move on a little bit uh, quick here. I want to talk to you about this Bible. When they took tithes and offerings, the pastor told me, Pastor Lozano, can you preach? I say, no. This is your first Sabbath. You're going to preach there five hours if you want to. You don't need a translator. No, 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 Pastor. I say, no, no, you preach. And I remember at the very beginning of the sermon, he comes over. And he tells me, Pastor Osano, I was looking for something that I could give in gratitude. The Bible's in the back. It's here. And I was looking for a gift that I could handle to you. But Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm making $16 per month and I'm so blessed. But Pastor, in front of everybody, we have a special gift for you. When communism came into my country... On the first day, I lost half of everything I have in terms of books and Bibles. And for the next 18 years, I was preaching without a Bible. I was preaching without any kind of magazine. And pastor, a friend of mine came over and told me, I know you're a preacher. I know you need a Bible. But let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I know give it to you for free. If you find me 5,000 empty cans of soda, I will handle this Bible to you. And Pastor Lozano, for almost a year and a half, I was going everywhere looking for an empty can of soda, anything, a plastic that I could find. And after almost a year and a half, I was able to have 5,000 empty cans of soda and plastic bottles. And I changed this for that Bible. It's been my Bible. But I'm going to give this Bible to you today in gratitude for what it's like. My brothers and sisters, I know that we live in America, especially me in California, where everybody has to match. But I love those old days when we used to carry a Bible to church. It was such an amazing blessing. Nowadays, you know, it's black and black, okay, it match, but sometimes it's green and blue doesn't match. But I found in communist countries that we care more about what is here than what is here. Because this will lead you through what life is. I want to go keep moving into the next slides. I want to talk to you about the fact of what's going to happen next Saturday. The communist country of Vietnam has 90 million people. Only 6.3% of them has been able to be vaccinated. It's a huge crisis. CPL Ministries is working on different places to bring with us over 25,000 vaccines.
But you will find on the next picture that in this communist country of Vietnam, where we have 90 million people, there is something very unique. 29 of these provinces don't have presence of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And if you could see on the next picture as well, I've been praying for somehow that the message will come. And I get real upset when, when we compromise God's blessings to money. And for the last 10 years, they've been praying that somehow every single one of those 29 provinces will have presence of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So three months ago, when we were there, they asked me, Pastor Lozano, can you pray? And please pray for the fact that we're still missing the presence of 29 people in 29 villages in the communist country of Vietnam. And I came over to him and I said, listen, how much money is that? Well, Pastor Sano, if we could send one native lay missionary for every province, 29 of them left, it's $20 per month. It's $240 per year. So you need what? $240 times 29 provinces, $7,000. That's what you need them, right? Yes, Pastor Lozano. I said, listen, why do we keep praying for this? I'm sure there is an answer for that already. So they called last week, Pastor Lozano, you're on your way to Vietnam. What about the 29 provinces? I said, listen, God has been good. We only have 16 provinces, and I'm preaching at the Tabernacle Seventh-day Adventist Church next Saturday in Buttercliff, Michigan, and the money will come from there. So you got a blue envelope today, I'm right, with a plastic bag, including the people upstairs. I talked to Pastor Bernardo to close the entire church at the end of my sermon and leave only one door open. That will be the door that I'll be there. We need your help. I need you to sponsor one native lay missionary to a communist province in the communist country of Vietnam. Put it right here. And the reason why we need your name and address is because we're one of those few ministries that will send you pictures about how the funds were used. That's how it's supposed to be. That when you give one dollar, you get a report on what happened with that. We need your help. Some of you will tell me, Pastor Lozano, I forgot my checkbook. I have a car rental with me. I'll give it to you. You go home. I'll wait for you here. Not in a hurry. But we're going to do that today. We're going to get out of the comfort zone and, and help in a communist country that has been waiting for so long to have presence of the Seventh-day Adventist message. I want to share with you what we're doing in the communist country of Laos as we go to the next one, in a place that we're not supposed to preach in a place that we're not supposed to have churches. And I'm going to skip this video. I'm going to go straight there. I want to talk to you about something that we Seventh-day Adventists doesn't like to talk to about it. We're going to go to the next picture, and you will see what happened. The communist country of Laos, where I have the privilege to work on a full-time basis. I'm going to go to the next picture. You will see there that in this communist country, we dropped so many bombs that we still have 65 million active bombs on ground. In this communist country, you, you, you have to follow the signs where to walk to, because if you walk outside, you get killed. There's so many bombs out there. But as you're going to see there, the average monthly salary in this communist country of Laos 
where 80% of the people live out there in the mountains, is $2 per month. They work in the fields. And as you see here, the salary is $2. And I keep asking myself, what is it like to have a salary of $2? We in America take $2 to carry in our wallet. Some of us have a $2 bill there, because if we keep one, it's good luck. Some of us use those $2 on a, on a lottery ticket, the people out there. We're going to go to the next picture and see what it's like. Some of us give just $2 as a tip, as a gift, as a donation. But in the communist country of Laos, $2 is the average salary of those people in the field. A couple months ago, we received a phone call about the fact that the Russian gangsters were coming to the villages where CPL ministry is working, and they were looking to hire some of our young girls between 11 to 15 to be taken for human trafficking. $45. That's all what it costs for these Russian people to come to villages where we work with people. And they come with a uniform as a nurse, and they come and they tell people, Mr. So-and-so, would you please lease your daughter to us for the next two years? She's coming to Thailand to be a nurse, and this is the uniform. We're going to go see the next picture. Your daughter is coming to be a technician on computer thing. And these people are just making $2 per month. So when somebody comes with $45, they're giving their salary of two years. That's one of the unique things about us Americans. We want to see people the way we see things here. I remember one member when I was talking about this, they say, Pastor Lozano, but those people are not smart. Who can give their daughter for $45? I said, listen, what you're missing is the fact that $45 is their salary of two years. So when they come to these places, they come with the idea to tell people, that their daughters are coming to be computer technicians in Thailand, but that's not the reality. The reality is that they take these little girls between 11 to 15, and they're being ferried over into the country of Thailand, the sex capital of the world, and those parents will never see those little ones anymore. It's a mess. It's a terrible thing to come to Thailand, and they usually need those girls between September and March, because the big customers, the elderly people from the U.S. and Canada, they come to Thailand for their services. And as you could see in the picture, you could get two girls for $10 for the whole night. And when we, Seventh-day Adventists, got the call from the government, say, please, can you come and help us? Can you come and do something? Can you come and pay those $45? And I start thinking about my daughter. That's my daughter. Did I ever give my daughter for $45? You could go to the next picture and you will see that I come at night time to my daughter's room, Diana, and I look over and I say, what is it like to be the father of one of those young girls and give your daughter for $45? So we made a decision at CPL Ministries that we were not in need of baptizing up these girls. We were in need of coming over and save those little ones. So we start not only finding $45 to say, don't sell your daughter. 
but we start building some little machines for the mothers to do something that we could purchase from so they could have a little bit of money so they don't have to sell those young girls. I don't know what about you, but when I heard these stories and when I see these things about human trafficking, my skin go crazy because I can't stand by that. Another thing that we have done is we bring people to educate our, those people at the local level saying, $45, your daughter is a lot worse than that. And as you can see in the next picture, we'll come over, we'll purchase cows. We provide these cows to the local parents. And I said, listen, get a cow to make some money. We buy the milk from you. Because Adventism, Adventism is more than soul winning. Adventism is a lifestyle that we could share with others. That they don't have to be baptized. But they need to find something different about your life and my life. It's so interesting to know as we go to the next picture. That in our goal to save 1,000 girls over the last 30 days, we're only missing 110. You may want to look into that blue envelope that we're going to pick up on the way out of church today and say, Pastor Lozano, let me save a couple of those girls. Let me provide what is life. Let me tell you what is so hard. The reason why it's so hard to see this is because when those girls can't produce any more $1,500 per day in the market, they're killed. And those little ones are killed. And you know what happened with those bodies? They know they could make more money out of those bodies by killing those little girls. And the body is over $20,000. Because the eyes is so unique, I don't know why. But the left one is 1525 and the right one is over $2,000. I don't know the difference. But then my mind comes to, to the fact about what can we do? How can we make a difference in people's lives? I need to move over into the communist country of North Korea and share with you what it's like to do evangelism and change people's lives in some other places. I get the privilege to come into the communist country of North Korea every two and a half, every three months. Scary. We travel with a visa from the United Nations to come in. Changing people's lives is one of the very few ministries allowed to work with the government. In that particular country, the president is God. Some of you remember my former presentation here seven years ago when I talked to you about what it was like. It's very interesting, as you see there, that when you landed in the communist country of North Korea, the first place that you have to go is to downtown and worship the president. Because in that communist country, everybody belongs to a religion called Huchi, where president is God. His wife is the second person of the Trinity, and his father now is taking the place of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask you to be very careful, some of you that are taping and recording this, because I will say a few things that are a little bit sensitive now about North Korea, and I really want to go back home because I have a beautiful wife that is waiting for me. On the next picture, you will see that in the communist country of North Korea, the capital city of Pyongyang is the only city with electricity. In every other city, you just have a couple hours. 
You come there in that capital city, and there is a big city that has 18 checkpoints around. You could be born in North Korea and never be allowed to come into the capital city of your country because that city is only for military people. 18 checkpoints. See something unique in every, every time I landed in North Korea, I look back and I say, God, I want to get out of this place. Some people ask me, Pastor Lozano, is there any fear involved? I say, no. Why not? Because when your life is led by God, there is no fear. Whatever happens is in God's plan. Whatever He's taking you is because that's His will. One of the reasons, I'm going to go to the next picture, why I don't like to stay in North Korea is they don't have panera bread out there. That's the best place in the world where you Seventh-day Adventist school comes. As a matter of fact, I trust that the Lord is building a couple panera bread drive-thrus in heaven. It's a wonderful place. But there's nothing of that out in North Korea. But it's very unique when you land in North Korea. You're not allowed to take pictures. You're not allowed to have any electronics with you. When you land in North Korea, they take your laptop computer, your cell phone, every single thing, an iPad. As a matter of fact, some of your children, they can't live in North Korea because the only thing they know is how to send a test message. They don't know anything else. They're just testing. And back there, there is no testing. There's no, no electronics. Let's see how we do evangelism where we're not supposed to do anything. When these balloons landed in North Korea, we used something like this to tell people that the Seventh-day Adventist balloons just got there. And people come and get... Just leave it right there. I'm going to use that picture. Thank you so much for your work, technicians. It's been amazing today. People come and pick up these plastic bags and they get food, and they get Bible study lessons, and they get money, and they come to the government and they say, do you know where the church of the plastic bag is? We want to go there. But unfortunately, we Seventh-day Adventists are not allowed to meet in a church in North Korea for the last 61 years. We don't know what it's like to come to church. We don't know what it's like to be at church and be 12-12 and Pastor Lozano is not finishing. We don't, we don't know what it's like that. We wish. We get jealous of your freedom. We get jealous of so much stuff that you have at the entrance of the church for free. That's one of the troubles here in America. Everything is free. When I see this Sabbath school quarter is never being used, I wish I could steal that in the name of the Lord so we could take it over in places where we go to jail for that. There is something else that we place on those balloons. The radius. This is a beautiful story. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, the General Conference, has been such a blessing. I want to be very clear here that we're blessed by the leadership of the church to see how much money they put and they do for the work. A couple of years ago, if we go and go to the before that picture, uh, the General Conference put almost a million and a half dollars on an antenna. And they have one of the most beautiful ministries that you could ever find, Adventist World Radio. What a blessing those people are. But they call and they ask me, Pastor Osano, when you get to North Korea, will you find the signal of that radio thing? We have an antenna. I was so excited. Got inside of North Korea. Started looking for a signal, but I discovered that in North Korea, people have no radios. And instead of being critical to the general conference, because this is what we always do, criticize, I say, wow, let's take advantage of this opportunity. 
And we ordered in the communist country of, I'm sorry, we went to Germany and we ordered some of these radios. Some of you know these radios well. You don't need any battery, you don't need any, anything, you just need your hands and they work. Some of you, especially those of you that are very young, you know what it's like. So we purchased over 7,000 radios. And we were ready to send these radios through the only UPS, Federal Express, DHL system that we have to North Korea through balloons. But those radios were taking 78 radio stations. I don't know how many of you speak Chinese, but it's a very fast language. And you say, how in the world am I going to tell people where the Seventh-day Adventist station is? And we start praying to God because one of the beauties about communism is back there you don't have ATMs or credit cards, but you have Jesus. And that's all what you need. So we, we came over and we started praying and said, Lord, how can we solve this issue? 78 radio stations. We need to tell people in North Korea where the Seventh-day Adventist station is. And a little Chinese told me, Pastor Lozano, what it is that is wrong with you today? You look so terrible. I said, listen, I have a problem. He said, welcome to China. All troubles are solved in China. It's a great place. It's true. If you need a new husband, you fly to China 20 minutes, $10. Cheap. Easy. Back there in China, they do anything for you. I know what it's like. I go there and I get my jeans and my clothes. And when they finish my pair of jeans for $3, they say, Pastor Lozano, what do you want there? Calvin Klein or money exchange? Calvin Klein. So I come home and my daughter says, Dad, you look cool. Calvin Klein, Seventh-day Adventist pastor. I love you. Shh, China, $3. Don't say that to everybody. So while in China, we discovered that the Chinese people could scramble the signal radios for us. So for $1, do know, you know what they do? You're going to go to the next slide. You're going to go to the next one. They take $1 and they scramble the signal radio. So no matter if it's 93.5 or 41.6, it's always one station. The Seventh-day Adventist station, praise the Lord, no matter where you go on that radio thing. Because when you love the Lord and you want to share with Him what it's like, it's not about money. You have an evangelistic meeting coming here in October. The Lord doesn't need $40,000 in a mass mailing. The Lord needs you and me. That's all what He needs. But it's very interesting when we send those radios over there, God was working over time and by mistake over 800 radios landed on a military campground. That's the biggest mistake you could ever make. We're going to go to the one previous to that. The biggest mistake you ever made is to send these radios to military people. And to make things worse, the radios were on. They were talking about Jesus, about the fact that there is a better place in heaven. And the communist government got upset and told every single one of those soldiers, you finish with that, we're not in the business of preaching. And every single radio soldier told him, you know what, we can't stop that. We're not giving you the radios. Those radios have a flashlight at front. And there is no electricity in this country, so we need the flashlight. Praise the Lord. That's how God's work. He use simple stuff to do this. I want to go to the next picture so I could finish. As soon as that happened, the military government called and they said, Pastor Lozano, we're going to kill you. I'm going to finish with that story. And I say, that's fine. You could do it right now. The communist government in North Korea very upset. We just got 25,000 pairs of shoes from Walmart. That they were not sold in the summertime. So 
So the vice president of Walmart called CPL Ministries, Pastor Lozano, we have 25,000 pairs of shoes. Do you need it? I say, yes. They send it over to the largest city of Cuba, the city of Miami, Florida. And we got all these 25,000 pairs of shoes in Miami, and we open every single one, pack it up with Bible study lessons from Mark Finley, seal it up, send it over to North Korea. They're going to be there in three weeks. You know what's going to happen. When people get those pair of shoes, they're going to start walking. And after two, three weeks of walking with those pair of shoes, those pair of shoes are going to start making this sound. And you're walking and you heard your pair of shoes making noise. And you can't stop that. So you will pick up your pair of shoes and say, what's wrong with this? It's shaking. There is a way to open that there because we leave a computer vibrator chip inside of every pair of shoes for 10 cents. And their job is to make noise. So people could open that pair of shoes and find the Word of God inside of every single pair of shoes. That's God working. Ten cents. I need to finish because you guys are going to kill me here. Six months ago, I was invited to speak to a kind of an underground group of Seventh-day Adventists in Seattle. They're Filipinos. So I knew that potluck was going to be good. If you really want a good potluck, go to a Filipino church. Boy, oh boy, they have a lot. I got on my airplane, leaving the city of Los Angeles, landed at the airport in Seattle, and when I was landed there, I was flying with an airline called Alaska Airlines. That's a typical Seventh-day Adventist airline. You know why? Because if they don't deliver your luggage in 15 minutes, you get your next ticket for free or a very low rate price. So I was waiting for my luggage, and I was praying, Lord, I hope my luggage come in. It passed the 15 minutes and said, praise the Lord, I got a free ticket now. And I'm waiting for my bags. And two guys with a jacket, they looked Seventh-day Adventists. They came over and opened the thing there and said, secret service. Secret service? We need to talk to you. What are you doing here? Say, I'm waiting for my bag. Come on the side. So I went to the side with these guys, and they were no longer two now, they were four. And the leading guy of the Secret Service at the airport in Seattle tell me, Sir, what kind of terrorist are you? Terrorist? Me? And a crazy missionary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church? What kind of terrorist are you? I said, why? He said, who travels with a bag like your bag? We check your bag already. And in your bag, you have a plastic bottle. You have a radio. You have one shoe, not even the whole set, just one. And to make things worse, you even have a toilet. I brought my toilet to share you a story how we do evangelism in communist countries using a toilet, but... You know, you're in America, you have to finish by 12.15. So, so the guy looked over to me and he said, what kind of terrorist are you? Who travels with a bag like this? With a toilet and one shoe and a plastic bottle? I said, not a terrorist. So they bring me over to a little office in the back. And the guy that is leading the group, he tells the other guys to leave. So I'm here with this guy by myself. And he looks over to me, and he said, Pastor, the FBI called. 
And the guy that was coming with the FBI from Los Angeles on your plane keep reporting that you were kind of getting sleepy and reading a black book and assuming that was the Bible. And when you got out of the airplane, I was looking over with these people waiting for that terrorist. And when I saw you walking, I, saw, I said to myself and to the people, this guy is not a terrorist. He's one of those crazy Seventh-day Adventist missionaries. Are you Seventh-day Adventist? Say no. But I used to be. My mother is a Seventh-day Adventist missionary. And when I was going to church when I was a kid, you know what was the best part of church, Pastor? On those old days? Mission spotlight. You know, remember in the old days of Adventism, we used to talk about the missionaries in the past. We don't do that anymore because we have a microwave religion now. But it was very interesting, you know, in the old days, we, we dedicate time to talk about those missionaries. Sir, I was going to church on those days, and the best part of the sermon was the stories. So when I saw you walking, I said, this guy is not a terrorist. He's a missionary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Look how he walks. And when I check your back, I say, this guy must be a missionary with a toilet and a plastic bottle. I say, I need to talk to you, Pastor. Can you wait for me ten minutes? And I, wait, I told him, listen, I'm going to preach at the Filipino church. If you don't want to know the whole story about the toilet, just come with me, go to church. I'll tell you the whole story at church. But I'm running late. He said, I don't care. You're going to get on time. You're going to get on the, one of these cars that we put a hoo, 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 and you will get to church in 10 minutes. So I'm waiting for this guy from the Secret Service at the airport in Seattle. When he comes out, he said, you're going to follow me. So he had something within him in his hand. So we went into one of these family bathrooms at the airport in Seattle. And he said, that's where we're going to talk. On a toilet? So we got into this toilet at the airport in Seattle. He opened the door. He said, family. And he said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I was going to kill myself this afternoon after leaving work. This is my gun. This is the letter that I'm leaving behind. But when I saw you, and when I saw your back, I said to myself, if life means something for this crazy guy with a toilet, life should have something for me. Pastor, if you don't mind, can we kneel together and you pray for me? And I kneeled in that toilet at the airport in Seattle, Terminal 3, Alaska Airlines, and I prayed for this guy that was going to kill himself. He took me to church on that undercover vehicle. And when we got to church, he said, I don't care if your sermon is bad today, but praise the Lord. For that piece of toilet in your back. Because if that has meaning for somebody, I have meaning for God. My dear friends here at Tabernacle Church, most likely you will not invite me again to come. But I don't share this out of my heart. Some of you have been here in the church for the last 20 years, 15 years. 
Is that, is that it about you? Is that all what I'm going to get? You come, you sit on the same pew every Saturday, that's it? What is your mission? What is your ministry? I'm going to call Pastor Bernardo to come forward. Some of you have been here 10 years and, 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 and your ministry is health ministry. Is that it? Is, is there is anything else that you could do for the Lord? What is your ministry? I'm talking to you as a person. Forget about the position at church, deacon, first elder. No, what it is. Can you save girls for being sold? Can you be the smile, the crazy guy with a piece of toilet? Can you be that person that you never need that day? Can you stop on Highway 84 because somebody's there and you have no clue who he is? But you come forward and you say, can I give you my cell phone for you to call somebody? That's ministry. God doesn't need our money. He just needs you and me. There is an evangelistic meeting here in three weeks. You're not an expert, but you could carry something in your car and give it to somebody. The other day I was in the city of Houston, Texas, looking for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And according to my GPS, I was at the church. But the church was not there, so I stopped on a gas station and I told this guy, listen, I'm looking for the Seventh-day Adventist church. He has no clue what the church is, but there was somebody inside of the store who said, sir, are you looking for the Seventh-day Adventist church? I said, yes. He said, I don't know what religion is this, but there is a woman that passed by here every Saturday morning and she smelled good. I said, that's exactly the church that I'm looking for. The people that smell good on Sabbath morning. And I got to church. Is what people know about, about this church, what the police troopers know, that you all vegetarian? Is that what it is? We need to go home. There is no reason why to be here. There is not an incentive to remain in this crazy world. May the Lord bless you. Answer to that call to ministry, your ministry. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a Bible worker. You just have to be you and let God use you. With a piece of toilet, with a plastic bottle, it's just about God. Before you go today, help us. We need some people like you to finish the work in the communist country of Vietnam. If you felt called to send balloons into North Korea, help us. If you felt called to do something special, help us. Let's meet again in heaven. There's a right place to be. Where we're all going to be free. Where we're all going to be free. There will be no communism in heaven. We're all going to be free. Free at last. Free at last. Free at last. Pastor. Let's pray. Oh, indeed, Father, free at last. That's what we long for, and that is just ahead. But Lord, there's things to do before then, things that you want to do. But Lord, you're looking for our hands and for our feet. 
And sometimes for our finances, Lord, you want all of us to be enlisted in your service. So Lord, today, as you have spoken through Pastor Lozano, I just ask that you encourage us to make that commitment in your strength, obviously, in your grace. We can't do it without you. But Lord, there is effort to be put forth on our part also, um, grace-led effort. And so Lord, do that in each heart. Bless the evangelistic series upcoming. Amen. Bless the work worldwide as changing people's lives and other ministries are taking the gospel to people who are indeed prisoners of hope. And so we thank you so much for blessing today in Jesus' name. Amen.